Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oh, what's that awful smell? It smells oh, like a... Oh, can you smell that in the air? No. Oh, it smells like, smells like a spoiled podcast movie. Oh, hello, and welcome to Mission Zach's Leguizama Rama. This is a podcast where each week myself and my little friend get together and little buddy. My, my little buddy <laughs> uh, get together and have a chat about something that John Leguizamo has been, been, been in, be it a movie or a television show or even maybe a music video if we'd be so lucky. Um, <laughs> uh, my name is Mish Wittrup. I'm one of the hosts and you might know me from not doing anything in the Melbourne International Comedy Festival this year. And I'm joined, as always, by my little friend. Little bud. My, my, little, my little bud, uh, Zachary Ruane, who you might know from. Really missing out on a lot of money by not doing anything at the Melbourne. Yeah. Do you know what's really bothered me? Is I think we really, really, really should have done some live pods. Oh, yes. Yes, I was talking about how much <laughs> money we would have made from Missions X Lake <laughs> Okay, I realised that if Auntie Donna had done something uh, for Melbourne International Comedy Festival, it might have been a bit more lucrative. Can I say? But I, I was thinking be... more so just for my branding. Yeah, no, I need to be very, very clear when I when I um, say a lot of money. I mean, a lot of money by the standards of someone who's made no money yes. for a very long time. Um, people forget to divide. People love to. I think people love to do maths. And go, I reckon this is how much yeah. they make. And they love to do maths and they don't factor in costs and they mm. don't divide it by six. Well, um, Reese Nicholson posted something on Instagram the other day that was really funny on his um, wiki that. page. It said that his net worth is somewhere between like $1 million and $15 million approximately. And he just wrote, yeah, approximately. <laughs> Mine <laughs> if has... Reese Nicholson was worth $15 million. <laughs> Mine has me between... Um, what is it? That was the best part. That was the best part of getting a Netflix show. Mm. Is people trying to guesstimate what is, your, what I'm your now, worth is? I, I now have a result when you Google Zachary Ruane net worth, and my net worth is a hundred thousand to a million, according to this website. That's so funny. I don't know what that's based on. <laughs> The thing Mission's acts like Wazamarama, obviously. The thing about net worth, right? Mm. Like net worth is is all of your assets combined. Yeah. I rent. Yeah. So I think uh, like may like it, it, my net worth is how much I have in the bank mm. and how much I can make off a garage sale. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is my as a renter. That is my network. It's so funny. I um I kind of like announced, I suppose, at our Legosama Rama live at Lido's that I'd been made redundant, mm-hmm. and I had a couple of people ask me, it's like, oh, so are you going to just kind of focus full-time on comedy and writing? And it's like, absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> Like, not. I can't. I cannot do that. Financially, I cannot do that. I think people think, like, oh, Legos Amarama now, you make a little bit of money. When we say a little bit of money, I mean... A little bit of money. It's a little bit of money. It's a little bit of money. People just assume when someone says, I make a little bit of money, they mean I make money. But when we say, I make a little bit of money, we mean we make a little bit of money. Do you know what I want? What? I want to be able to search. And also we don't have a bank account. So we actually have not seen any of that money. <laughs> no, it's all but sitting that, on invoices. But that gives you an idea of how little it is that we're not chomping at the bit to <laughs> get it. Hey, I'm trying. I've yeah. been on the phone to all the banks. But I'm not like, I'm not stepping in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going. No, you're not. <laughs> there are days where I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll just do it. I'll just call up some people. I'll work it out. And then I go, eh. <laughs> Do you know what I really, really want? What? I want to be able to search Mish Witchrup Net Worth. Yeah. And just be able, and something to come up. A complete lie. If it, well, is it possible for people to create those? There's something, what I, lo- what I love about. I want someone to put up there that I'm worth $30 million. What I love about 100000 to a million mm-hmm. is how wide they've shot and they've still got it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's very funny. It's very funny. Zach's actually worth $2.5. I'm worth $2.7 <laughs> $2. <laughs> 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 Well, but that's purely because I bought the townhouse in 87. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Well, no, back, back then it was a very industrial area. Um, no, I'm not worth $2.7 million. Oh, I'm God. worth less than hundred grand. Um, Mish Wittrup, yeah. um, my dear friend. What are you worth? <laughs> what am I worth? Well, I no, don't I know. thought you were going to ask me, Mish Wittrup, my dear friend. How much money are you I know worth? What you're worth? You've told me what's in your bank account. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> When we were buying all those supplies for Leguizamo Rama live at Lido, I was like, Zach, I've only got X amount of dollars in my so bank me, account. So me and Mish are worth between $10 and $1 million yeah. each. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying Mish is worth $10. <laughs> She's worth somewhere between Somewhere that. in there, somewhere in that bracket. Um, Mish. Yes, Zach. It's like, sorry, this is one more thing on net worth. When uh, Anthony Bourdain died, yeah, that's funny. Um, <laughs> this is a comedy podcast and I'm talking about that. Um, but when Anthony Bourdain died, like it was one of these really, really clear examples of how terrible net worth is yeah. because I think most predictions had him at like three times what it was revealed he was actually worth. Mm. He was worth millions. Yeah. But not like, I think people had him pegged at like, Tens of millions. Mm. And, the th- and then there was this quote in an interview from him where, pe- where he said, he was like, they're wrong because no one knows how much I spend. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, it's, they know how much I make roughly. Yeah. No one knows how much I spend. <laughs> I was like, that's very good. Funny you say that. Um, when Robin Williams died. Yeah. I cried. Yeah, I didn't. But I'll tell where you. Where were you? Do you remember? Yes, I know exactly where I was. Same. Um... I was at my first first Edinburgh Fringe, and uh, I think I've mentioned this to you. Edinburgh Fringe, just because of it, because it's been going for fifty years, and everyone like 
everyone was trying to get the edge on everyone else. There's like a 5,000 shows. So everyone was – so in Melbourne, you perform every single night except Mondays for the month, right? And Edinburgh Fringe, uh, that I think was the case. Oh. And, then, and then someone had the bright idea to perform – on two of those Mondays out of the three, they were like, if I perform, then I'll get all the sales. That pe-. And then other, everyone else was like, well, we've got to do that. Mm. So Edinburgh Fringe is 30-plus uh, days and you have one Monday off in the middle. That's the sort of general thing. So I have been performing for 14, 15 shows in a row. A show that featured a sketch that you can watch in our Netflix show about Ellen DeGeneres where I screamed. Mm. I was doing severe damage to my voice, breathing steam every single fucking day. Yeah. 14 nights in a row. Uh, I was so fucking done and I had one day off in the middle of it and it was like that was my... That was my oasis. That was my like everything was building to that. And then once I had that day, <laughs> I would use the energy from that to get through the next yep. 14 days. And Robin Williams died that day. <laughs> oh, fuck. I was at a party, which was stupid. I should have. Yeah, but hold on a second. I was like 25, whatever. <laughs> I Like now what I would do if I had that day. First, I wouldn't do that again. Yeah. Secondly, if I had that day, I would go for a swim mm-hmm. and then watch a movie, and then be in bed early. Um, But instead I was at a party and at that party that's when we found out and people were like locking doors and crying and like an irrationally large reaction to someone they'd never met dying. But people were on edge. Mm. It was a lot. And it was it was my day. That was my one day and that's why I remember it quite selfishly. That's so much more full on than my story. But, but, you know, fun fact, neither of our stories are as full on as Robin Williams' loved ones' stories yes. on that day. That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's full on. <laughs> what was your story? Um, I the- was working at a call centre. Fun. <laughs> um, and I was on the phones and it was the morning, so it would have been like 9 or 9.30. And I was on a call doing a survey about a, a telecommunications company that we would just call Melstra. <laughs> Is that very illegal? What you just did? Yeah. I don't care. No, neither do I. No one from Telstra is listening to this. Imagine if they are. And I I didn't say that. You said that. Sue him, not me. Um, Anyway, uh, and I was on the – I was doing a survey. Like, so, like, your last um, experience with Melstra, would you give it on a scale of zero to ten? Um, at the same time, I was scrolling on my phone, just looking at news and articles. So you were and stuff in like the that. middle of a middle of a call. That's so funny. And I got an alert that said Robin Williams had died, and I just kind of was like, "The fuck!" And then when we went on break, I didn't know anyone at this call center. It was one of those weird situations where a lot of people. I'd only just started at this call center, and there were a lot of people there. And I hadn't made friends with anyone. Like I didn't know anyone. So when it came to break, and they all knew each other. So when it came to break time, they all took lunch together. But I would like go down the shops and stuff because I just didn't know yeah, anybody. Yeah, that's yeah. a very shitty bit. So I went and sat in my car and I had a cry. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Were you having a cry as much because of that circumstance? I was crying like... because I had no friends to comfort me. Yeah. Um, I, and um, also because Robin Williams had just died. I, because I, I, I feel very like funny about people. I think there are, 
I think everyone probably... I give people, like, three. This is... I think three is my number of, like, you're allowed three celebrities in your life mm-hmm. that you're allowed to, like, give a shit about. Okay. Because I think there are certain people that, like, care too much about the death of a person they've never met. I, I hear what you're saying. I've never cried when someone had died Robin Williams died. is one of your three. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's All what right. I'm saying. You know what I mean? And I haven't cried since. Um, but I'm sure there would be a couple, throw a couple in there and I'd have a cry. Well, I, I think the thing about Robin Williams is when you're a comedian, mm. a sad clown, all of that, it evokes things for you. It, it like, yeah. it, I think I've, I've known people that were very, very upset that night and it's like, well, because they were comedians yeah. and it, it's not so much. And just the way you went and stuff like that, it's kind of like, it's. You know, for someone that all that standard stuff, like he brought so much happiness to everybody, and clearly it was the sad clown. Yeah, yeah, and it's like I think I think that's that's when I'll I'll give someone a pass. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm not talking about you. I'm giving you the pass. <laughs> I was upset when Robin Williams died. I give someone a pass when it's like, oh, this for me evokes my own. Did you cry experience. when? Did you cry when Bowie died? No. Okay. No, I didn't. <laughs> I like Bowie's music very much, but I don't know the man. This is something I get a bit funny about. I get, I get. Yeah, but you're not. Yeah, he's not going to make any more music now. Like when? What was the last Bowie album you listened to? Shut up. No, but this is my point. Like, like people are like, oh, I'm so sad. I think here's the two things I'll give someone. Like, and this is coming from a place. There are people that will do like a post every celebrity that dies. Yeah, okay, and it's like, yeah. I never heard you talk about that person once mm. and now you're listening to them every day. Come on now. <laughs> I'm talking about that person. I'm not talking about like... Yeah, I get what you mean. You know, like I think that there... It's two situations where I think it's like fair. One is if their art meant a lot to you and they were taken before their prime. Or like before, so someone like a Heath Ledger, potentially, like that was one that hit me, not like heaps, but I was like, oh, that's really sad Mm -hmm. because this is an actor I really, you know. Quick, quick side note, he died on my friend's birthday and she cried because she felt like it had ruined her birthday, like that everyone was paying attention to his death and not her birthday. Very Very funny. Um, That's very funny. Yeah. Uh, Do I know this friend? Nah, it's oh, okay. someone from my prestigious private all-girls yeah, school. It, that's the most all-girls school story I've ever heard yeah, in my she life. She was really sad. She was like, it's, it's not fit. Like, she's like, it's not that. Of course we're all sad. Like, we all loved 10 Things I Hate About You. But it's my 19th <laughs> or some shit like it's that. Everyone was just like, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but this is the point, right? I, 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 I. If someone is making art that is very important to you and their death means that that art is is no longer going to, you know, continue to yeah. come to you, that's, that's, uh, that's uh, understandable, right? Yeah. The other thing I would say is when it evokes personal feelings, when an artist has represents for you more than... You know, so if you're a comedian with depression and Robin Williams was uh, an important outlet, yeah. that makes sense to me because you're actually upset about your own personal experiences. I get you. But there are people, like, remember that year where a bunch of celebrities died and people were like, no, this is the worst year ever. Yeah. And it was like all of them were 
Like, not only... I'm not talking about the deaths are sad. Yeah. I just take issue with, like, someone... The taking it personally kind of thing. Like, it's like that that human being who you never met... I'm getting... This is not funny. That human (laughs) being who you never met Hmm. has, like, husbands and wives and partners and ex-partners and children and, like, parents and family and siblings, and they are grieving. And that's fine. Like, feel your feelings. Mm. But, like... Come on. There are people that were just like, oh, my God, this person's dead. And I'm like, are they even in your Spotify top 100? (laughs) (laughs) I do hear what you're saying. I personally am not affected by celebrity deaths. Robin Williams was the only one. And I think it was the whole sad clown me dealing with my own shit kind of stuff, right? that's fine. Yeah, thank you. Um, (laughs) So I hear what you're saying particularly about the people who do the posts every single time, like where they're like, Alan Rickman, I loved you in love actually. Like, Yeah. It's like, shut up. Cool, man. But, you Go know. Go watch Die Hard, cunt. That's your, you know, everyone, like that's their journey. That's their journey. I just watched I Michelle they... Brazier's show and she tells us to be nice to those people. Exactly. <laughs> no, but that's my point. It's like, yeah, that, like I'm not affected by them, but. I think death hits people in different ways. Absolutely. And, and, and I think yeah. I see it as like I didn't cry when Alan Rickman died, but I really like Alan Rickman and how sad that he won't make any more movies. Yeah, and I felt you know? that about... And um, I would say like for a loud three passes, I was just thinking then like while you were talking because as we've established, Zach and I don't listen to each other, we just wait to speak. <laughs> 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 while you were talking then, I was like, who else would would that have... And I think... As wanky as it sounds, I think if Nick Cave died, I'd be sad, not because he's not going to release any more music, because let's be honest, some of the music he's released recently isn't that good, but because he came into my life like many 19-year-old girls (laughs) who are dealing with some shit and his music really helped Mm. or really defined that era of my life, that little kind of like, you know, chapter of my life. So I think if he died, I'd be really, really sad but also, you're right. Like, why would I be sad? I'm not sad because I can't hug him one last time because cunts never met me. Yeah. And would hate me. I was sad. <laughs> How much would Nick Cave hate us? No, he might was, like you. No, I don't think he'd hate us. I think, I think Nick- he would feel like, I think he would just be like, I don't have space in my, like, heart mm. for two podcasters from <laughs> Melbourne. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? He would just be like, nice to meet you. I've I've got my friends. Yeah. I'm sure he <laughs> I'm going to go yeah. home, but it was lovely to meet you. Mm. Yeah, fair. <laughs> so I think that that one would hit me pretty hard. I also think that like, oh. I think it's the ones that shock you and it's the one. Yeah. Like I imagine, like I, I'm really, this is not funny. This is quite a sad little conversation. I only got into Sophie recently after she mm. passed away and I think that would have been very hard for people and and that would be one I would I would totally understand. It's, it's it hit my partner pretty hard. Yeah, like I think and I think well and I think also people that have have a similar lived experience mm. to her and um I th- that's where I go it's the it's it's when it like it's Understanding what our relationship is with an artist mm. and, and what we own of their work mm. and when that is taken from us, I think that's fair. But it's also important, like, I just, there are people that are very, like, 
that really insert themselves into that mm. and really are very like, oh, I'm so sad about And it's just like, oh, but like were you listening to them yesterday? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or were you watching their movies? Yes. And then that's who I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the person who like, you know, listens to that artist every single fucking day and then like, mm. you know, that is all. Like you know. do you think you'd be sad if Troy Savan died? I would be like, oh, that's really Because you listen to him. A bit, yeah. Quite a bit. <laughs> Not like heaps. I'd be sad if like, like, but no, I wouldn't. I, w- I would be like, oh, that's awful. That's really awful for the people that know him. That's really sad that he won't make any more music mm. for me. But I don't know him. No. And it would be, I think, a little selfish of me to be like, ooh. But if a young, like, if a young uh gay kid who like got a lot from mm. what he was giving them and it was like a hero figure. Yeah, continu- Troy Savan is not your hero. <laughs> no. Like, you like his music while you go for a walk with your yes, dog. Yes. But he is not your hero. Yeah, like I like I you know, I've been through like yeah, no, like I was sad when Leonard Cohen died. And mm. and, and I was sad for a couple of reasons. I was sad because of like what he represented. And I was also mm. sad because I'll I'll never get to see him live. I always wanted to see yeah. him live. But then I'm also very aware of like like how kind of parasitical that is. It's like I'm sad because he he wasn't able to give me Yeah, he stopped playing music for me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But that's that's all it is. Yeah. That's all my relationship is with that I don't even have a relationship it's with very, that person. Isn't it interesting as well, though, that as we get older, because I was just thinking now, I used to have big celebrity crushes. Mm. And I'm not talking like sexy crushes. I had a lot of those too. But I'm talking like celebrities that I was really in awe it's of. the I think I know them. Yes. Like I reckon I reckon I know what they're like. Absolutely. I, I remember the first time I saw the Mighty Boosh. Mm. And I was late to the game with the Boosh. I think the Boosh came out in 2009. And I didn't... It was earlier than that. That was when it ended then. 2009 was like a year for it. Um, And I didn't start watching Boosh until until 2013. Yeah, right. And I remember the first time I saw Noel Fielding in the first season of of Boosh, there was a part of me at 24 years old, I was 25, where I was like, oh, I get him and Mm. he gets me. And I had the... I I was like, oh, yeah, this cunt, he's got it. Yeah. And I was just so into him. And now at 33 years old, it's just kind of like I can't imagine having that now because I think I've kind of defined myself now without the need for, like, celebrity input. I don't know. Celebrity input, I like that. I like that. (laughs) Um, I just don't – the whole celebrity worship thing or the the, the kind of, like – even influencers, you know, like people like my housemate wouldn't mind me saying that she loves a lot of Instagram influencers. I don't get that either. It's just that kind of like I like the people in my life. <laughs> like yeah. I, I I would much prefer to be influenced by you or by other friends and family and stuff than Do you think there's an celebrity? element? Do you I don't think know. there's an element because you do this? Because this is like you know, it, 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 you're adjacent to this world yeah. of putting that you know mm. that there's complexity to it. Like you know what you put out versus who you actually are. Like yes. you're a bitch. Yeah, because I'm <laughs> a, no, because I am. I'm a real nasty cow. No, you're not. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, um, but should we talk about the movie, Mish? Yeah, let's talk about the film. Um, great. Uh, what did we watch this week, Zach? We watched Hollow Point. Here's my... Uh... And why did we watch The Hollow Point? Because you told me to. Yes. And the reason I told you to was because I put a poll on Instagram. You did. And it was between The Hollow Point and Casualties of War. And both you and I voted for Casualties, casualties of War. Of War. <laughs> but the most, so I could have just asked you, yeah. which would you prefer? <laughs> because I, I we liked that. I liked that you, that you did a poll and we <laughs> both voted. That's funny. Yeah. That's the funniest layer. It's so funny. I could have just seriously had a conversation with you saying, which one would you prefer? And you would have said Casualties of War. I'm like, same. And we would have just watched oh, You that. could have just said, I would prefer to watch Casualties of War. And yeah. I would have gone, okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we ended up watching The Hollow Point, And this is because everyone on Instagram chose, hollow chose The Hollow Point. Um, here's my, here's my uh, description. <laughs> Hollow Point is a movie that was on while I did some odd jobs. Some of those odd jobs included responding to an email from my agent, planning to see as many shows as possible at MICF, and making lunch. As far as I could tell, Hollow Point tells the story of a guy played by Patrick Wilson, who, as an aside, played a pedo in the first movie I ever saw him in, and I've never really been able to shake it. Same! (laughs) Same! I try so hard! Just quickly, he's also been in a in a movie in a, in a commercial for the Gap where he's doing like swing dancing, and all I see is a swing dancing pedo. <laughs> I can't stop. I really. He's in that, an episode of Girls. He's just a pedo in Girls. I can't. Is he a pedo in Girls? No, he's not. Oh uh, no, but that's it. But he is though now. He's a pedo in um, Watchmen. Um, Anyway, uh, plays uh, played by Patrick Wilson, who becomes a sheriff of a border town where bullets get smuggled into Mexico after the guy from Deadwood shoots a guy. <laughs> also, another guy bashes up another guy. Patrick Wilson is a good man and doesn't want to be a bad man like all the bad men in the story, but slowly becomes a bad man. There is also a subplot featuring Patrick Wilson's ex, played by not Michelle Monaghan, who turns up from time to time and talks about the themes of the film. <laughs> Johnny plays the baddest man. He's like a psycho killer. He's not particularly relevant to the plot until the last maybe 20 minutes, and then he's like the most relevant thing in the plot. (laughs) (laughs) The cinematography was really, really, really good. good. Very no country for old men. Very no country for old men. There were some really, like, nice choices. I read a review for this film while while the film was on. (laughs) Which review? Um, just like a variety review or something, and 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 it was a really nice point about the cinematography, where it, like it was like about like they made interesting choices, and they did really yeah. lovely. I thought that it was a nice like visual watch. I can imagine why it would be nice to have on in the background while you were doing odd jobs. I just attempted to watch it. 
I did. I, I, you know, sometimes you just can't. Um, sometimes, Jim, Mish, Jim Belushi's in it. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you don't have the two hours and that you either don't watch it yeah. or you have it on. That's fair. And that's why I'm not going to go in that's what I was gonna. That's what I was going to do for the take. I was ready to do odd jobs when I put the take on, but the take just grabbed me. Yeah, and this one, like I said, but it gets. There was no grabbing with this one. I'm sorry. The take literally took me by the scruff of the neck, grabbed me and pulled me along. Mm. Loved the take. This movie, at the very least, stroked, stroked my hair. Yeah. Once or twice. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to like, uh, I don't think it's fair of me to give this film much much of a, a you know, I, I didn't give it the best chance. But it didn't grab me. No. There was, That's there was, of note. Yeah. But also I really didn't give it a good chance. So the thing with this movie, like a lot of films like this movie, is that they're trying to make everyone look like the bad guy. Mm. There's a lot of villains. So there's a lot of snarling and mm. a lot of asides <laughs> and a lot of like when someone leaves the room, the camera goes back to that person and their their facial expression changes from a smile to a glare. It's kind of like, and I don't in this particular film know why they did that with everyone when it was very obvious who the bad guys were because they were chop they were shooting chopping each other up, yeah. and chopping people up. Um, it was very. Um, I will say I did watch some of this in double time, and the, I put it into double time, and like they were going, but the pacing felt better. Yeah, it was. It was slow a bit. It was just a bit. It was a bit. Uh, I liked it. I liked it. Like, I think if I had watched it properly, I would be giving it, like, points for... What's disappointing is I would have said this movie should have been shorter, but it was only an hour and 25 minutes. So um, what I'm saying is this movie should have been a commercial. (laughs) Um, I think it should have been tighter, and I think, like, I think that, like, like, I don't know. It just is very... um, Because I I keep being like, oh, with movies like this, you need authenticity. But it's not like the Coen brothers have been out to there. Like the Coen brothers are moving. And and Old Country for Old Men has. But, okay, the difference is, though, is that the Coen brothers are talented. (laughs) Oh, stop it. You're being a nasty bastard. Am I? Am I? Look, I, I try really hard to not come into these things being like, ugh. Um, I just thought that this film was boring. Yeah. And I think that that's fair to say. Yes, cinematography, very good. Yes, John Leguizamo with the aviators and the fucking sheriff get up and, the, oh, I'm a hitman. Love that. Very good. I just don't think. Oh, my God. The director also directed Apollo oh, Apollo 18. I thought it was Apollo 13. That was Ron Howard. <laughs> he did. He did. I looked him up and I haven't seen any of his other films, but before this... <sighs> He did two horror movies. Yeah. And you can see that. You There's a couple that. of moments that are very horror Sorry. in their editing. When the pedof- pedophile Patrick Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> when Patrick Wilson goes into some house where John Leguizamo's hiding because John Leguizamo's a hitman, mm-hmm. um, John Leguizamo sneaks up on him and cuts off his arm with a machete. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Great little moment. That bit was really good. Really well done because this guy is a. Because I didn't even realize that he'd done horror films. Makes sense. Mm. 
And then to get away, Patrick Wilson pins John Leguizamo against a wall and takes his bloody nub. I loved this. It takes his bloody nub this. arm. So it literally cut off his arm. Not cut off a finger, not sliced his arm a bit. Cut off his fucking arm from the elbow. And he takes his little bloody nub, spurting blood, and just rubs it in John Leguizamo's face. I loved that. I was like, if this movie had more of that. Yeah. And 100%. then. Patrick Wilson runs away, and then John Leguizamo, at best, at best, looks mildly miffed. Yes. <laughs> it was kind of like if someone took their bloody nub arm and rubbed it in my face, I'd vomit. Yeah. I'd be like, stop, please, don't do that. Yeah, I would please, be like, stop this, it, this stop. is awful, this is awful. This is horrible. What would you say? I've, I've, okay, Zach, hypothetical mm-hmm, for you. Mm-hmm. I've had my arm chopped off by John Leguizamo. Am I... Okay. You're there. You've so seen So I'm do not it. John Leguizamo. No, you're not John Leguizamo in this case. Okay. John Leguizamo has cut off my arm with a machete. Okay. Right? In yep. an old abandoned house. Sorry, I'm really distracted by the no country from old man comparison that you made earlier. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 this movie's a lot like no country for old men. <laughs> But not as good. No, no, but it's very funny. Like, it would have come out, I imagine, around the same time. It's probably how it got, like, the money. There's a, the, the, the whole... Anyway, I'll come back to this. Anyway, tell me. You, you've... you've uh, John Leguizamo... With a I'm, machete. I'm John Leguizamo adjacent. Yeah. He's just chopped off your arm with a machete. I then come up to you... To and, me. To you. And rub my bloody stub in your face. Yeah. What do you say? I don't say anything. I go... <laughs> And then you run away. Um, now, what happened in the movie? That's what John Leguizamo did. <laughs> you can come for a lot of this movie, but I loved that bit. I think that you would. I loved that movie too. I like that. No, I loved that scene in this movie. Um, this is the I most thought it was good as well. Yeah, the most horror esque. And Mama loves horror. Um, I just, I just thought it was just that. That was the best part of the film. It's worth watching just for that scene, I suppose. No, just watch the um, scene. They also, this is something. This is something that I think that movies get away with too much. Okay, Patrick Wilson lost his arm okay. at work. Okay. He's a sheriff. Do you know what I... Yeah, okay. He lost his arm at work. <laughs> there are codes of conduct. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 he, yeah, yeah. Then, he then dragged himself to his partner's house yeah. and nearly bled to death next yeah. to his partner's house rather than go to a fucking hospital. Yeah. I realise they're in a border town, there is no medical, but get, a, get an Uber. A cab, they contact somebody, boost, call someone, have... call someone. You've lost your arm, you're bleeding out. He then goes back to work. Mm. Like like you would. If my arm got cut off at work, mm. they would offer me a substantial amount of money, keeping in mind, of course, I'm redundant, so like yeah, yeah. don't have a job. But, well, I do. I do have a job. Just make, Let's make that very clear. Anyway, he went back to work. Like you wouldn't just take the money and be like, I'm. firstly, I'm scarred. Mm-hmm. My, my arm is gone. He just went back because he had to find the guy that took the bullets. Mm. Like, what is wrong with you? You don't, no one loves their job that much. Mm. Maybe he loves being a sheriff. Maybe he's, maybe when he was mm. a little boy, his, his papa bought him a sheriff costume mm. and little baby Patrick Wilson mm. put on that sheriff costume. Well, I'm going to be a sheriff one mm. day, dad. Mm. And he said, yes, you are, son. And then he grew up always one. And then he went to fucking police academy mm. and he studied hard, top of his class, mm. top mm. of his class. Mm. And then he became a fucking sheriff. And he's like, mm. I can't believe I did it. I'm a fucking sheriff. Mm-hmm. Mm. Look at me go. Mm. 
even that person who mm. loves their job, mm. you lose an arm at work, yeah. you don't need to know what happened to the man who stole some bullets. Although he did have that guy in a bath and, uh, like, it was it was a psychopath. But, like, you then wouldn't just go to your mates, hey, guys, I've got to obviously stay at home for a couple of months, get some serious therapy and also, like, look after myself. I would, I would Could believe, you please go find the psychopath? that I would believe that the character would want to get back into it. I know people that are like that. I, I know people that would lose an arm and go, I've got to get back to work. Two days later. This. Yeah, I do know people like that. I do. I, I 100% know people like Who? that. I know people like that. From my hometown, people like that, 100%. What I don't believe is that, like, the systems that are in place yeah. wouldn't stop him from doing that. It's also very funny that because that, that, I had a similar moment in the film where I had that thought, where I thought it's funny because I'm not, like, buying the police procedural element of this film. <laughs> But it's funny because the moment I thought that was when the, he finds a gun in a um, toilet, uh, a toilet, um, what's the top bit? The top of a toilet. Where you flush? A toilet flush. No, the Bowl. top bit. The top top of the toilet. It's not, it's got a name. What's it, what's the name? To, the, to, the toilet top. Toilet top? Toilet. Top of the toilet. Lid, toilet cubicle. lid. No, you know what? I'm not talking about the lid. I'm talking about the f- bit. With no, the, you take it off and then you do the, the flush bit. Yeah, the flush bit of a toilet. Yeah, what's it called? It doesn't have a name, Zach. Oh, it, it's ha- just, it has a name. It's called the top of a toilet. It's got a name. Toilets. The back. The back of a toilet. No, like a toilet. Are you looking at parts of a toilet? Cistern. No. Cistern? Toilet cistern. Let's look up parts of a toilet. That might be just talk amongst talk amongst yourselves. It's a toilet cistern. It's a cistern. A cistern. It's called a cistern. Define cistern. A cistern, a tank for storing water, especially one supplying taps or as part of a flushing toilet. Thank you. You're welcome. Go on. That's why I know people that were cut off there because I'm a man. (laughs) (laughs) I know the word for toilet bits. (laughs) Plumbing. Nothing says bloke. Like knowing what a cistern is. Oh, you got a problem with your plumbing? I'll oh, come in, I'll watch a YouTube video and have a go at fixing it. Um, but he got, he finds a gun in a like a little sandwich lock bag in the cistern. It's like evidence. Mm. And he just like picks it up with his hand, his hand that hasn't been chopped off. And he, he just picks it up. Mm. And I'm like, that's evidence. Yeah. There's like, so many. Get things. out of that house, go get a warrant. It's funny, though, because what you've described, which happens earlier in the film, is a much more egregious example. Of yeah. It. But I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm watching the movie. Hey, he's back to work. And then four scenes later, he picks up a gun in a cistern. And I'm yeah. like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Patrick Wilson. No, 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 Patrick Wilson. No, no, no. Um, um, but so, no. someone also asked us to discuss um, the attractiveness of Patrick Wilson. Again, very attractive. Really hard to see him as anything else other than the pedo from Hard Candy. Yeah, I don't. He's. I mean, like, I don't know what my opinion's worth on this front, but I. I he. J- he, he just he looks a bit too much like people I know. Like he just, just and he and I think of him as the Hard Candy pedo. Yeah. He's very good in that movie because I think he would probably say that. I think I don't think we're alone in that. 
I think a lot of people see him as the hard candy pedo. Which is great. And it's like clearly like a Gaines type casting. That's why it's so good. Yeah. Because he's like a charming, handsome, nice guy. Mm. And he's nice. And he doesn't seem like that bad of a guy. And that's the whole point. He's yeah. been cast against type in that film. Mm. And it's just tainted him for me. Yeah, I get that. No, no, I thought that was, uh, yeah. I, I Look, I, I, I thought the whole film, I liked how it tried to blend genres. But I thought that it... What genres? Horror and... Uh, I would say more like West, more, like neo-Western and noir. You liked that it tried to do that? Because it didn't very well. I, I, I respect the film for trying something. Mish, I often think when you're sitting there... And just tearing apart a film, I think, what if Mish made a film and I just invited all the people? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> just play it. No, I just, I, there's a, I just, it's not that the movie was the worst thing I've ever seen. It's not The Counselor. The Counselor, I'll go. Yeah. You, you, you give me, I think this movie was trying something and it didn't get there. Uh, yeah, that's I fair. put it more in that category than The than the Counselor. Which John is it, by the way? Is it Dad Guizamo? Well, it's Psycho Zwamo. It is Psycho Zwamo. Because we also last week came up with Daddy Guizamo, which is not to be confused with Dad Guizamo. Daddy Guizamo is like like sexy daddy. Lead Guizamo. Do you know my – I couldn't tell. I found – here's something I struggled with watching this film. I found the fact that John Leguizamo was playing the like – heartless, anonymous killer, distracting because I was like, that's John Leguizamo. That like, but then I was like, but is that only a problem for me? Yeah. Because I've watched everything John Leguizamo's (laughs) been in, you know, like, but I'm like, that's a part that to me should go to like a no name. Well, see, I, I hear what you're saying. I have this problem now that whenever I see John Leguizamo in any film at all, uh, my instinct is just, it's John Leguizamo. Yeah. (laughs) I just get excited to see him rather than like, you know, I believed believed him to be a cold-hearted hitman killer. I thought he did a good job. But I think like now that we talk about, um, what was the movie with the people in it? Which one? The No Country for Old Men. Mm. Javier Bardem at that point wasn't particularly well known in Mm. Western cinema. Mm. in, like, American cinema. Mm. That was the first time I'd ever seen him. Do you mean, like, a Christoph Waltz in Inglourious Bastards? Yeah. Like, I think that if someone's an anonymous killer... But he was more than that. He's not even... Like, Javier Bardem is in it heaps. He's more like a switchblade romance. Like, he's more like a Mike Myers, like, just anonymous killer. For most of the movie, he's Mm. just this, like... And I'm like, that's John Leguizamo. That's Tybalt. Like, I think... I think you almost don't need an actor for that part. Like, I know you do towards the end because it's... But, like, also, like, I think for that part you should just get, like, a seven-foot-tall, like, mm-hmm. muscly cunt and just have Like him Channing like, Tatum? N- no. <laughs> <laughs> like a... What do you think? Do you think the movie would have been better or worse if Channing Tatum played the role that John Leguizamo played in this film. I feel like his character... No, 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 it would have been much worse because he's <laughs> even more well-known. I think that it, this that character should have been played by, like, a guy the director knew. It felt like a horror trope. It felt like a horror character. It should have just been, like, this seven-foot-tall dude who who looked funky. You know True. what I mean? Like, 
Like it, 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 like. And then I think the whole movie should have been about him. But then, and then I realized that's just no country for old men. Mm. The whole movie should have been about there's a guy going around killing people on a list. Yeah, who's doing it? Why are they doing it? Oh, it's related to the bullets. Mm. Let's go down that path. But it was not that, and 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 I think that would have made it better. It was just a little muddy, and it was a little and muddy is a good word actually. And it was a little like you said. Just a lot of, mm. like Patrick Wilson. Everyone was just mad. It's like I don't know. I just want like I just wanted someone to come in like a like a goof. I just wanted a goof a to come goofy. in. Just the town goof. But it, it, you know, it, but the, I was thinking that as well when I was watching. I was like, you know how like people in movies are like, like, like but you know <laughs> how there's good movies where everyone's serious uh-huh. and everyone's nasty and everyone's self-important uh-huh. and there's like good movies like that like uh-huh. like no country for old men is a great example but there's other ones like noir is that like that is noir it's just like people walking around being like mean like bruce willis built has built the latter half of his career on it yeah that's true right um so my question is, why does it then not work in a film like this? Is it casting? Is it writing? Is it, is it, does that person, is it like a believability of choices? Does that make sense? Like, does that person have to be, like, even though they're like snarly and growly? I actually think for this one it was storyline, which is odd because it is the same storyline as No Country for Old Men and No Country for Old Men is an amazing film. To me, this was just a very boring story and I found it really, really hard to be invested in any of the characters. Like I just wanted – like when I know at the end of the film when it's kind of like a shooty film, like lots Mm. of gun, bang, bang, and there is no one that I necessarily want to live. (laughs) Yeah. That's when I know that the movie hasn't gotten me because I like to be invested in a character. And even if they're a baddie, I like to be invested in – okay, have you ever seen Leon the Professional? Yes. Gary Oldman. Yeah. Totally. Like, he's, what a, fuck, that's a good performance. Yeah. I was so invested in his character. Yeah. And he's a big bad boy. But. There's colour. There's colour. And and in this film it was just like, it got to the, when Jim Belushi from Curly Sue Mm. and Patrick Wilson and that guy from Deadwood are all shooting at each other. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I don't care who dies. And then someone gets shot and they're like, who, who got shot? And it ended up being that woman. I didn't care. I was just like, all right, I don't care. I agree with you. I think that I think that, that really nails it, right? Like plot, which is action, which is like um, action and drive. Mm. And like the thing about characters like that, when it's a Bruce Willis at his best, mm-hmm. is that character comes into that scene with a singular purpose. Yep. And they're gruff and they're rude. Um, they're gruff and they're rude. I think that, like, when those sorts of characters, the whole their whole shtick is no nonsense, right? Yeah. Their whole shtick is... But imagine if that person was real. Imagine if they were in your are, life. That, that's what I was trying to ma- work out, right? Because I was like, that... Is real. There are people like that. Not in that. my bubble. Yeah, but there are people like that, right? There are people like that in that sort of world. So I was like, so why is it so unbelievable in this movie? And I think you nailed it when you talk about plot. Like, good 
plot is action. It's about people doing things. Mm. And there's a lot of scenes in this movie where people aren't like really doing something. Like there's not like a purpose. They're not coming into the Mm. scene with a really like specific purpose. And if your character is, if every single character in the story is Mm. like um, no nonsense, I don't give a shit, get to the point, go fuck yourself, hmm. but they don't have a purpose, Yeah. then their action is the I don't give a fuck, I'm no nonsense. D- very interesting you said that. When I f- wrote my show, The Hitmen, <laughs> um, the first time I wrote it, it was like a four-hour show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this sucks. <laughs> like, it's so long. But I didn't want to kill my babies. I didn't want to edit it. Like, I didn't want to cut anything. And I remember Sam Lingham read it. Sam Lingham from Titan AE episode fame. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He read it and I was like, I'd love your feedback. And he had like circled a whole bunch of scenes and he was like, um, this one should be cut and this one should be cut. And this one. I'm like, oh, no, no, we can't cut that. That's like I really like how that's written and this is so funny and this bit and this is so funny and this bit. And he said to me, he's like, what are they doing in this? Like what do they want from this scene? Like how is this moving the story forward yeah. at all? I'm like, well, it's not, but it's a side, It's an aside. And he's like, then cut it. It's like it doesn't matter how well written it is or how funny it is. But audience is watching it and it's not propelling the story that they've gotten invested in. They'll not only resent the scene but start to resent the story that's not moving. That's very articulate. Yeah. No, and it's very He didn't true. say it exactly like that. He would have just been like, because it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's, that's, uh, that's, uh, but that's exactly it. Yeah. And I think that there was a point when I was watching this film actually where I thought, I think they wrote scenes before they wor- worked, like they beat out the plot. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Like, I think, and that's a fine one. I know you write that way, but it's like, that's fine. But this was a movie that 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 needed that like clarity of. Mm. Like look, as you were saying that, I was like, are you being critical of that? Because that is literally no, how no, I write. a fine way to write, but you have to at some point do what you're talking about. You have to at some point edit to that. Yeah, and, in, and when doing that, you then have to kill your babies. And I think that this guy who directed Apollo 18, apparently, that's a thing, um, he should have probably been more willing to kill his babies. Despite well, he, he didn't write it. Okay, true. Well, whoever wrote it, it's a one hour and 25 minute movie. And I, like I said, I feel like it could have just been like an episode of television. I think that there could have been more plot. I think the movie could have been that length and been tighter and been, you yeah. know, like just more like just, you know, finding out who. And that's fine. Mm. But this is the thing. This is why I don't like being too harsh. On, on people when I do this now, which is hard because that's like the way to fill an hour. <laughs> <laughs> because I often think when I think like that, right? When I'm, I not, s- I'm, I'm not hard on the one. Like, I'm not hard on everything. No, you're not. I'm just honest. And it's hard to go into something and be like, oh, well, this was really good. When at the end of the day, this movie wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. It's not a piece of shit, but I was bored. No, and you, no, 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 this is, this is, this is, I, I'm so glad that one of us is, is flying that flag of this movie wasn't very good mm. when we do this because I've made a decision and it's a shackle. <laughs> but what I think is good, but like where I come around to it or like what, like is like that's not probably the writer's fault. They probably didn't have the time or money to do the rewrites that we're saying it needed. 
Like it probably was at a point and it needed to go further. Okay, fair enough. Do you know what I'm saying? I well, hear what you're they saying. They weren't very good, whatever. But it's like. No, I do hear what you're saying. It's just interesting. I don't know. Sometimes I look at movies like, like and I go, what's wrong? Why is it wrong? Do you know what it, what it is about this film? And I think that this is a very good kind of indication of whether or not a film was enjoyed by me or not. In two and a half years' time when we finish up this podcast and we wrap this podcast. Wrap it up tight. And we sit down to have a a non-alcoholic beer Mm -hmm. to discuss the last three years and the end of our friendship. (laughs) Um, And you said to me, remember the hollow point. Yeah. I won't remember it. Yeah, no. Do you know what I mean? Of the 120 to 150 episodes that we're going to make of this Mm. podcast – I will not remember this film or anything we discussed this afternoon. No. I, I, I often find myself um, surprised. Tom will tell me. He'll say, hey, good job last week. And I'll be like, well, I don't remember this. Again, Tom, thank you always for listening to these pods. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Um, How many Leguistamos are you going to give this one? <laughs> Keep in mind that he was good. Uh, but I think, I think he was too well known for the, what the part was. All right, yep. But or, or I knew him too much. I don't think I don't think he had enough to work with, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think he had enough to work with. Mm. I think that the part should have been that simple, mm-hmm. but it should have they should have just gone for like a hulking. Mm-hmm. I just wish it had been a little more like down that path, like just that that stubby arm up on the face, mm. just more fucked weird shit. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Weird fucking That stubby choice. arm to the face, that was like, I was like, now we're cooking with fire. That <laughs> stubby arm to the face, right, was like, I was like, oh, okay. I was watching the movie. I'm like, oh, it's a bit noir. It's a bit Western. It's a bit like horror. He's using some of his horror. Tra- and then he did stubby arm to the face. And I'm like, this is like nothing I've seen before. <laughs> yeah. But then after having stubby arm to the face scene, the rest of the movie had nothing like that in it. It was this And more of that. Like imagine more the movie of that. just being like... I would have been happy if it was just shit. like I would have been happy if every twenty minutes he just put his stubby arm in someone's face. Yeah. That would have been great. Oh, we didn't even talk about. I really wanted to talk about not Michelle Monaghan and like there's like literally a bit where where I just want to say this one bit and then mm. then we'll give the rating. There's literally a bit where Patrick Wilson, like the whole arc, I think is meant to be Patrick Wilson turning bad. Okay. Like that's kind of I think the idea is he wants to be a good cop. Cause, and the reason I know this is because there's scenes where people say, I thought you wanted to be a good cop, but you're yeah. being a bad cop. <laughs> and then he says, what's it to you? Or yeah, like, like there's that. literally the bit where Ian McShane yeah. um, of Deadwood fame goes to him, don't shoot him because I'm the bad cop and you were good. Don't shoot him. And then he shoots him. Um it's very far. I've never seen a movie like this where there are characters just directly saying what it's mm-hmm. about. But there's a particular one scene, right? So those movies are about like the slow deterioration of a man and of a person, right? Um, but in this movie, he's like, good cop, good cop, good cop. And then he goes and loses his arm. And then he goes and like bashes the shit out of a guy and threatens to shoot a woman. It, it's like, it's like, just he's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like good cop, good cop, good cop, bad cop. Well, maybe he turned bad when he lost his arm, and he went, "This is enough." Yeah, right. And the bloody, uh, bloody stump to the face was a turning point for our man Pat. So, the bit in the movie that for me is the most like amazing moment 
is he gets his ex-girlfriend to, like, give him a lift there. Yeah. She watches him oh. being a bad cop oh. and being up a person. Oh. <laughs> and then, like, you, like I'm watching this scene going, oh, man, he wanted to be a good cop, but now he's doing bad things. Yeah. Um, but How if awkward anyone, would that car ride have been, though? Well, cause, because that's it, right? Because then... I was like, but why is she there? Because then he goes up to the feds and then she just goes, for anyone who missed it, she just goes, you were, you were a good cop, but you just did a bad thing. <laughs> and then she's like, bye. And then she drives me. off. Um, and she does that like a multiple points throughout the film. Oh, where- yeah. She just pops in every once in a while to be like, oh. <laughs> There's a bit where. That was her purpose. He's on. She literally pops every once in a while and just goes, hey. Hey. <laughs> just a reminder. About the themes of this film. Yeah. All right, hooroo. There's a bit in it when his hand has been chopped off and this nice nurse is like um, putting it, like like um, bandaging it up and she comes in and she's like, hey, you're not doing a very good job. It's so weird. And I'm like, and then the, like later, the next scene she's like, sorry, I popped off there. Sorry, I got a bit mad. I'm like, but you like came and then you like saw that he had no hand and then you're like, Argh. who the fuck asked their ex for a lift to something like that? <laughs> like genuinely. I remember this was a few years back now, maybe three or four years. I was seeing this guy and he was over at my place and I ended it mm-hmm. because there was, it was just Good wasn't going. You, babe. It was Good just, no, you, it just wasn't going anywhere. He wasn't a bad guy. It just wasn't going anywhere. And so we had that conversation. He was like, yeah. and he actually agreed. But of course, like, I don't think he would have agreed <laughs> if I hadn't. It. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, and then he didn't have a car, so I had to drive him home. No, drive him to the train station. And that was weird because I'd had the conversation with him at home. Yeah. Then we had to get in the car and then we drove to the station and tried to make small talk and it was very strange. So I actually can understand how awkward that would have been for Pat and not Michelle Monaghan. <laughs> yeah, he should have just, like, asked one of the other crooked cops for a lift. Yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, Leguistamo's go. Uh, Leguistamo, I thought that he wasn't given enough I also felt like he was a bit miscast. Not his fault, just he was a bit miscast. And I think sometimes if you miscast someone, you need to rework the part. Okay. Uh, so I give this film two. Cool. Um, I give it two and a half for all the same reasons that Zach just said, except I don't think it was miscast because I think Johnny Legs can do whatever he wants. Yeah, that's fair. That's, yeah. that's a good point. But sorry, Johnny, if you're listening. He's I, not. I think it's not your fault. Oh, my God. He he commented on one of our things. Yeah, we should have talked about that. Yeah, but we didn't. Oh, well. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> We're a bit tired today. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.